Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, blogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with a G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Mixcloud and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and our official website www.pitch-talk.com The pitch is where we eat The pitch is where we sleep And the pitch is where we talk Welcome to The Straight Shooting View Hey, what's up people? My name is Straight Shooting LJ and welcome to another episode of The Straight Shooting View Now, this one is a little more serious, but I want to start off with some congratulations. Um, Anton, Anthony Taylor, um, referee Anthony Taylor, has recently spoken out about um, the Christian Eriksen, what could have been really tragic um, with Christian Eriksen's collapse um, at Euro 2020 during the Denmark match. And... He's recently congratulated, obviously, Simon Kerr um, and also the medical staff for their swift action during that incident. And as said, the reason why I want to kind of give congratulations, I want to add to Anthony Taylor's as well, and obviously Anthony Taylor himself acted swiftly. And he recently spoke out as to how scary that kind of incident can be and the reason why I want to offer congratulations is because I have to congratulate the Premier League I am generally very critical of the Premier League for a number of reasons but the Premier League have recently started a um, basically a a defibrillator campaign um, getting defibrillators to um, grassroots club clubs with the first rollout being to 2000 clubs and facilities and the next phase of the rollout being to another 2000 as well so I think um, it's with and it's being done with support by the football foundation and it's one of them where there have been a couple of clubs who have already taken up on it and I think it's a fantastic initiative because we've seen what happened with Mark Vivian Foe with his collapse and his departure from this world. And we've seen instances, like I said, Christian Eriksen. We saw, what, we saw what's happened before with Fabrice Muamba, among others. And a defibrillator can literally be... It can literally be the difference between life and death. So for the Premier League to start this... Um, defibrillator campaign where they're trying to get auto, automatic defibrillators automatic electronic defibrillators AEDs into well basically up to 4,000 grassroots clubs over the two rollouts I think that's fantastic and I think a defibrillator should be a prerequisite for any club and I know they can be expensive which is why I said I'm glad that the football foundation 
um, who do a lot of good work to help clubs at grassroots level not just start but also maintain facilities as well especially when you start going into charter standard status where there's a lot more requirements I'm glad that the Football Foundation is involved as well because this literally is life and death I cannot state that enough having defibrillators at facilities, sporting facilities, whether it's just football, rugby, whatever the case, it is literally life and death. And I said, I'm glad an entity as big as the Premier League is getting behind it and helping it. Because I've always, I've always said and I've always been an advocate of the Premier League needing to be that shining light, leading by example, and really... Yeah, being a leader. It's leadership by example. I think the Premier League, yes, they've dropped the ball on a lot of things when it comes to grassroots football, where it's being strip-mined, among other things. But this kind of initiative, I said, is literally life and death. So it's good that it's happening. Because I said, we don't want to be seeing anybody collapsing on the pitch. And we especially like don't want to be seeing, I mean, the people's family, players' families don't want to be seeing like people collapsing on the pitch and dying. You don't want to see that. Because at the end of the day, nobody should have to go through that. And I think it's critically important as well. Because at the end of the day, it is football. Whether it's top level, whether it's grassroots, semi-pro, it's one of them was national, national league, but the FAWSL, it's all football. And all of the safeguards put in place when it comes to health in football should be on a level playing field because this is literally people's health. Not just as players, we're talking human beings. We're talking life, death, health, wealth. Health is wealth. So it's of critical importance to get defibrillators at every every single ground that it's possible to have them at which in my view should be every single ground no matter what the level because there's always that chance that someone has an underlying health condition that nobody knows about not even the person there's always that chance that it might be it might be one of them ones where someone's overexerted especially at grassroots level like someone might have just overexerted and could end up with say heat stroke for instance or literally yeah anything I mean anything really and the defibrillator would be needed so it's like physical activity is tough and some people some people hey some people carry injuries some people have conditions and they don't want to disclose it because they're afraid of quote-unquote losing their spot to coin some wrestling vernacular so they hide it but if you've got a defibrillator at least you've got a chance of saving them and i said that's the critical thing for me it's health forget money forget this forget that <clears throat> it's about health and especially and coming back to money i did just say forget it i know i'm going to contradict that slightly but you look at, at the top level you got to look at players as commodities and they will be insured for massive amounts. So it's one of them ones where obviously with clubs, 
they have to legally protect themselves as well. Because, hey, if someone, and I really hope it doesn't happen, but if someone passes away and your club can be held responsible because they've cut corners and not got and not got an AED when they've taken Football Foundation funding to get one or whatever the case may be, then that's going to be a huge lawsuit. And more likely than not, that will probably put you out of business. So at the very, very tippy-top level, it is one of them ones where legally, from a public liability and an employer's liability, as I said, especially at the top level, you've got employer's liability. So you have to have this stuff around. At grassroots level, it's a little more of a grey area because we're not paid. We're not paid to play. We're paying to play, especially in the amateur leagues. But there's still that duty of care towards your players, and this is for me the main thing: a duty of care. Because at the end of the day, you can have all the insurance you want as a charter standard club. It does, it does put the burden on the club, where it should be. It does put the burden on the club to have, you know what? You've got to have a certain amount of people first aid trained. You've got to have a certain, at any, at any match, you've got to have a certain number of people first aid trained. And they do do spot checks. And for me, it's one of them ones where this Premier League um, defibrillator, this program, this, this basically initiative, that they've put in, in in combination with the Football Foundation, I think is absolutely tremendous. And it's a great start. It really and truly is. So, I, th I would say, I said, congratulations to get it started. And this is the beginning, or actually, not the beginning, a continuation of football going kind of the right way. Because also as well, in terms of health and football, there have been there have been announcements, there have been announcements made in regards to um, well, <laughs> in regards to header. And there has been some new research that's come out. So some of us it's not new information, but there has been new information that's come out about the dangers of the dangers of repetitive heading and um, links to dementia and that's a scary thing and back in 2017 um, November of 2017 to be a bit more precise you guys may remember that I did a straight shooting view vlog about the Alan Shearer documentary Football Dementia and Me and ironically enough a few days after I recorded that vlog I think I recorded it on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday that very Saturday, I had a concussion of my own to deal with. And I won't go into great detail about that. I might do another vlog on it. But it was one of them was where it was a scary time for me. It was a scary time for my partner, especially. And especially for our kids. So it's one of them where it's like concussions are not a joke. And any sort of head injury, head trauma or anything like that is not to be... It's not to be taken lightly. And I'm actually glad that there's been new guidance um, about, heading, about heading balls in training. So it's a case of limit. I think, it, I think it's limiting it to now 10. 
um, or five, either five or ten um, times in training, heading a ball. Because at the end of the day, the repetition is what will get you in terms of in terms of concussions. Because every time, and I've said to a number of people, every time you head a ball, it's one it's another knock against the head it's another little tiny bit of head trauma but all those little bits of head trauma can add up to a massive problem down the line as we've seen with guys like nobby styles jeff astle among others and the jeff astle foundation do some have done some amazing work over the years and there's been a lot of research in terms of head trauma in other sports as well I mean, a lot of you will know that I was a pro, I was a pro wrestling fan during the Attitude and Ruthless Aggression eras, and you saw the the kind of punishment that Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love took to the head, especially especially one match in particular, the um, Royal Rumble '1999 match between the Rock and between the Rock and Mankind, and a lot of people are like, oh, wrestling's fake, wrestling's fake, yeah. Watch that match. It's about 15 minutes long. Watch that match and watch Foley get bashed in the head about 12 times, 11, 12 times and tell me that's fake. And bear in mind, his wife and kids were in the front row watching that crying their eyes out. So tell me that's fake. And Foley over the years took some serious punishment to his head. It's a minor miracle and I think he's very much an anomaly a fortunate anomaly in the fact that he's still got the mental capacity that he has the f- the faculties that he has he's still got his equilibrium he's not slurring words or anything it's a minor miracle with the punishment that his head has taken the concussions he's had over the years but as i said coming back to football it's one of them where it's like in this country we do lag behind a we do lag behind america in terms of concussions and again, going back to wrestling with um, the Rob Van Dam documentary, Headstrong, is worth watching because it goes over um, it goes over a bit in terms of concussions, and sometimes you don't even know you've got a concussion. That's the scary thing about them. So head trauma, as I said, is nothing to scoff at. It's nothing to laugh at. It's got to be taken seriously. So. The initiative, the initiative from next season in terms of the amount of heading, they're trying to reduce it. I mean, in match time, it's instinct to header a ball. But it's all about getting the technique right. Under 12s and below, no heading at all. That's fair play. Because their craniums haven't developed yet. Not fully anyway. And even so... Why it's it's football? Why why are you not teaching kids to keep it on the deck and get that technique right and improve that technique? So it's one of them where I see it as it's very much a positive that the powers that be in football, especially the FA, are taking head injuries, head trauma seriously, and also at the same time with the initiative with the defibrillators from the Premier League are taking heart health seriously as well. Because as I said earlier, health is wealth. And at the end of the day, I just, I just see it as you don't want a bunch, of, a bunch of players coming out in their, say, 40s and 50s and getting dementia. And especially getting it earlier 
than they really should. So, as said, it's one of them where it's like the research that's been, the research that's happening and that's been happening over the past, what, five to ten years is very much in its early stages still. But the fact that these findings that centre-backs, <laughs> like, when, like, basically, the percentage in terms of when it goes from strikers to midfielders to centre-backs, in terms of dementia, the numbers jump astronomically in terms of dementia risk for, uh, from head injuries, from, from basically heading balls repetitively. Because we as centre-backs slash defenders, we head of balls a lot more than anyone else, we're a lot more susceptible. And that's worrying. That is worrying when you've spent a career priding yourself on being good in the air, being able to compete, heading balls out, heading balls in. Because it's like my, because <laughs> ironically, my two goals for Ibis Eagles, one for Ibis before the merger in 2014, and then one after the merger in 2016, I think it was, well, I think it was when I scored my other one, they were both headers. So... You can't, you can't, I don't think you can rule completely outlaw and ban headers in a live match situation. But in training, why do you need to do, like what Alan Shearer said in the documentary, he was, he was like, I'm headering a ball hundreds, if not thousands of times a week in training. Why do you need to do it that much? <laughs> it's like, you don't need to be doing it that much in training. So in a match situation, hopefully, you wouldn't header a ball more than about five, maybe six times, hopefully. And then in training, should be the same. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be repeating headers 50, 60, 70 times a day or a week. You really shouldn't because I said that's little bits of trauma to the head. And balls are light nowadays in comparison to when guys like Styles and Astor were playing. Those were hospital balls. Now, good Lord. It's like the balls have gotten so light now. And you see that from the wind tunnel tests, how light the balls have gotten these days. But at the end of the day, you still want to minimize any sort of brain or head trauma. You still want to minimize it because concussions, as I said, are that serious. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're looking to get up to speed somewhat, in regards to concussions, um, I can't recommend about American football, but there's been a lot of research done in regards to that sport. But for me, the Rob Van Dam RVD um, Headstrong documentary, which features um, an interview segment with Christopher Nowinski, who is a former wrestler as well, who started a foundation researching into CTE, um, which is basically concussion trauma. And it's one of them ones that is worth looking at. And also Alan Shearer's documentary, Football, Dementia and Me, from November of 2017, is definitely worth a look as well. Because that is a lot more specific to football. And Shearer does talk in detail about heading. So if you want to get up to speed, I would definitely recommend those two documentaries. Headstrong might be a little tougher to find, but... Um, but Football Dementia and Me should still be on the BBC iPlayer. So I'd encourage you to have a look at those and really kind of understand how important head health is 
and also heart health as well. If you can get first aid trained, there are courses that the Football Association, the FA, do. If you're part of a club, if you're part of a football club, social club, rugby club, whatever, I would advise you to go for those courses and get those done. I was actually first aid trained a while ago. If I can, if I could get the time, I'd love to do it again. Just so that I know what to do if someone, God forbid, someone in my club, someone on my team, I see something, something happen, then I can react as quickly as possible and give that person the best chance of survival if it gets to that point. So I would urge people, have a look at the FA's guidelines when it comes to concussion trauma and head injury trauma. If you're a referee, you definitely need to know that. Because um, with my concussion, the referee in that game did not know anything. I knew more than him, which is embarrassing. And, I, and yes, that was four years ago, but still. Um, but it's one of them where heart health is so important, as said. And also head health as well. Those are two things you can't really, you can't replace. You can have like a pacemaker fitted. You can have a cardiac machine like fitted, but you can't replace your heart. And you can't replace your head either. So take care of both, please. You know what I said? I have been straight shooting LJA. I want to know your views. Comment section is down below. What do you think about the Premier League's defibrillator initiative? Do you think it's a good thing, bad thing, long overdue? One of them was also as well in regards to limiting heading in training. Again, do you think that's a good thing, bad thing? Can it be translated into, well, live action <laughs> in terms of matches in a live situation? I would like to know. Remember, check us out on our website. www.pitch-talk.com is the official website. Check out our vlogs videos podcasts you can listen to our podcast directly from our website pitch-talk.com forward slash podcast you can hear them live there also also youtube.com forward slash pitch talk is where you can find all our videos vlogs special feature videos also videos such as pitch talk at the sal senior cup final 2020 slash 2021 as well as much more stuff including special feature segments also Twitter.com forward slash Pitch Talk or at Pitch Talk on Twitter. Tweet with us, follow us, see what we're up to. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution we are working so hard to create. Also, we're on Instagram, at Pitch Talk on Instagram. Catch vlog previews and video previews and much more on Instagram, at Pitch Talk. Also, we are on Verbal. We are Verbal Ambassadors and proud to be so. V-U-R-B-L. Verbal. We're up there. Check out our podcast there. Snippets of our material are up there as well. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podomatic, Spotify, Player FM. Import our RSS feed and you can listen via Player FM. Also, you can take our RSS feed from our website as well and check out our vlogs there. I have been Straight Shooting LJA and until next time, keep your head healthy, keep your heart healthy and I will see you next time. Take it easy, peeps. 
join the Pitch Talk revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website www.pitch-talk.com